Welcome to episode 24 of the A-Strings podcast. We had a whole discussion before that. It took us about five minutes to introduce the podcast because we were we thought we'd try and do something different. We discussed close harmony singing. Yeah. Tom. We tried to trick Tom into... Yeah. Didn't work. No. No. We're back. We're back. Summer vacation over. <laughs> Is that an American accent I detect? It, it's... <laughs> what give you that idea, right? Um, it's like... Yeah. See, so yeah, we had a couple of weeks off while you were away. We were... Yeah, there was an idea to do a transatlantic transatlantic podcast. podcast. You were having a good time. Technology and, and time zones uh, and, and will yeah. got in the way. Who's will? So, <laughs> so it was a, a fairly active couple of weeks while we've been away. We've had quite a lot of stuff in. We had a humongous yeah. delivery of Stratocasters. Yeah, a lot of which have gone, which has surprised me. Yeah, it's been really good. Um, yeah, I think we've done you know, a few plays this week already. Mm. We had another buttercream strat turn up this morning. Yes. Um, but what else has come in? Uh, all oh. the classic vibes. Yeah, all the, the new, all classic, the new vibes, classic vibes. Which are very, very cool. Yeah. A uh, couple of really cool offsets I can't remember. Well. Yeah, the the Jaguar yeah. Ventura. I'm not sure if that was in by the, the last. Ventura Jag and classic vibe. Jazz, mm. they're all in. We've had our Mustangs back, which are brilliant. I want my Mustang. But basically, uh, we haven't had many tellies through. No, I think. But and we've had tellies going, so we're we're te- going to be uh, yeah tellies on the next them. wave. I think yeah, something big in that delivery as well, which we've been waiting for for ages. Kind of mm-hmm. we started talking about custom shop stuff back in I think it was March or so, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that's when we took the plunge, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, and uh, I had a um, had a call from Jay, who's the Fender um, Custom Shop rep. Uh, I think it was literally about a day or two before um, I finished um, for holidays, and he said that we're on the top of the list in Europe for a David Gilmore Stratocaster. Yes, and it's strange that they've with the David Gilmore Stratocaster they've. Uh, there's going to be a halt in production or something. I think they've they've discontinued the relic version. Yeah, which I find really really odd timing wise because obviously there's a lot of interest in the Stratocaster since the, the Christie's auction and um, everything else. But as we know, with custom shop gear, the relic stuff seems to be in high demand doesn't it yeah it does yeah. and in actual fact the people that we've spoken to about the guitar in the shop and you know seeing that we've got one coming in uh, they've asked which one we got coming in we've said the new old stock the, you know the the nice kind of looking one and they've all exp- expressed a little bit of disappointment that it's not been the, the relic the relic one. one you can't win with these things if we'd ordered a relic no people would, would want the new yeah one. anyway it arrived you did. I've got my hands on it the last couple of days. My fingers aren't moving. I can't play two consecutive notes. <laughs> and uh, but I've had a little play about with the um, the settings and stuff. And oh. it's there, isn't it? It's, oh. Oh. it's definitely um, mm. definitely all there. There's something 
at some point I'm going to be able to put my finger on what feels so special about it. Mm-hmm. The neck is a different shape to any other um, strat that I've tried. But um, there's, I don't know, I, everything seems to start into place with regards to the weight of it, the balance, the, the just the feel of it. The strings are quite heavy for, they are, for yeah. me. They are. Ten, his signature gauge is 10 and a half to 48. To 48, yeah. So, um, yeah. Anyway, we're going to talk about that a lot a bit later on. Yes. Um, what else happened? Well, you were away. Mm-hmm. So, did anything exciting happen when you were away? While I was away. While you were away? Yeah. I went to New Orleans. Kate, my long-suffering wife, uh, got me a, a 40th birthday present, which was a trip to New Orleans, which was a surprise. Yeah. Have I... <laughs> Have I mentioned the story about how all this came about in the first place? I don't think you have. I don't think you have, no. So it was our anniversary back in April, and we don't buy each other anniversary presents. You know, like you've you got to draw a line somewhere because you know, it gets ridiculous. You know, and you know, I'm not very good at birthdays. So we've always said, listen, you know, something, if you're going to, you know, mark the day, let's, you know, we'll get a card, maybe something just kind of silly kind of thing and um so you know the first year um i was coming back from the frankfurt um show on our first anniversary and i bought her a little singing gerbil in german stuff which is funny uh, you know all these i bought her a bottle of iron brew for our That's iron, right, the iron yeah. um, anniversary a couple of years ago this year um in April, because you got Easter, you know, and nearby and this, you know, you're still getting over Christmas and all these things, you know, it kind of creeps up and unexpectedly. So the the week before, it was on a Saturday this year, and um, the, the Saturday before, Kate said, um, it's copper anniversary this year, by the way. I went, oh, okay, right, fine. And I thought, I'll have to find something copper, you know, like a you know, bag of pennies or something like that. And... Um, the week went on, and it got to Friday. I thought, oh, I haven't got anything. And I come in that chat to you guys. The guard said, you know, what can I do? What can I get? And you both kind of looked at me blankly. I had no kind of uh, inspiration there. So we're, <laughs> we've been watching a lot of Inspector Morse and Endeavour, mm. uh, which is the, the prequel to Inspector Morse. Right. And I thought, oh, do you know what? If I, if I was a good husband, if I thought, you know, far enough in advance... I could have maybe written off to ITV and seen if I could get a Sean Evans's autograph. Sean Evans is the new Inspector Morse, yeah. Endeavour Morse. And I thought uh, that would have been an absolutely brilliant idea, but I haven't done it, you know, because obviously copper, you know, police copper. Um, so I was searching online for just you know anything Inspector Morse kind of thing and or Endeavour, and um, I'd look on Google and an image of Sean Evans came up with his co-star. Um, I forget what his name is. But um, it was quite high res and everything. And I, you know, the cog started turning a little bit in my head and I printed it out and it came out, looked at it, the, you know, the borders were a bit skew with and stuff. And I thought, actually, you know, this might be perfect. So I, I grabbed a Sharpie from out the back and you know, kind of put my hand to the side and put my head to the side kind of thing. I thought, right be Sean Evans, you know, how would I sign his signature? So I said, to Katie, lots of love, Sean, inverted commas, Endeavour, close inverted commas, Evans. 
kiss, kiss, kiss kind of thing. And I looked at it and it looked pretty wicked. It looked amazing. It, looked, it was great. It looked like a signature. And yeah. I thought, but do you know what? So I came in and showed you two and you kind of looked at me in horror. <laughs> and I said, you don't understand the relationship me and Kate got. This is really, really funny. She's going to think this is great. Because there's a few things that you pick up on. You know, first of all, for me, it's not gloss paper. You know, this yeah. is an obvious printout from a from a from a, a, a normal printer. You know, it's not a photo. It's not photocopy no. thing. It was card, but it was matte paper. The borders were skew with, and you know the, the the actual picture of Sean Evans. He's got like it's the era where it's kind of late sixties going into the seventies. So he's got a bad mustache, and there's no way that he would choose this to be a an official kind of promo photograph for, him, for himself, you know. But the main thing, what what actor or musician do you know that would put his kind of, yeah, his or her character, character name in inverted commas in between, you know, his, his um, first and surname? So I thought, this is great. This is so fake that we're going to have such a laugh. You can probably tell where this is going. But there's a bit of a twist in as much as, uh, you know, Saturday, I booked the day off. We're going to do some um, painting and then we're going to go out for a drink. And um, I had, uh, you know, exchange cards and, you know, joke card, nice card, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, it was nice. And I went to give Kate the envelope and um, she said, no, no, first I want to give you this. And I said, I thought we weren't going to get, you know, gifts. And she said, no, no, it's only small, but it's, relating to something else. I said, I, okay. So open up this little box and inside was a copper key ring in the shape of like a, what's it? Is it obelisk? Is, it, is that like a four-sided obelisk? Yeah, like a little, yeah. yeah. And on the one side it said, um, you and me, and you turn over and it says, um, 20th of August, 2019, you turn over again, it says Queen, then it says on the other side, New Orleans. And I'm kind of shocked. You know, first of all, I'm just, what? What? And I said, okay, what's this all about? She goes, we're going to New Orleans like that and I said, for your birthday. And I said, oh, we, re, you know, I can't believe it. You know, amazing. She goes, yeah, yeah, we, you know, we, we save air miles and all this yeah, kind of yeah. thing. So, you know, she said, man should do it, you know, on, you know, on a budget kind of thing. But, you know, we've always wanted to go. Queen are playing there. I've had a chat with, she had a chat with Pete and um, managed to kind of get us some tickets and stuff. And, we're going to New Orleans. I said, oh, amazing. So we're talking like for about a minute about, you know, um, you know, logistics and, you know, we'll do this, we'll do that. And um, she said, what's in the envelope? And I went, oh, um, it, it doesn't matter. You know, it's just a, a bit of a, you know, it was a joke and it, 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 it's nothing. I, after this, you know, I, I can't give it to you. And, and she goes, no, don't be silly, just give it to me. And so I give her the envelope and she pulled out the picture and she saw what it was and she went, ah, and, and she looked at me and tears started um, welling up in her eyes. She goes, this is amazing. This is the best present ever. I, I love Sean Evans. Oh, I can't believe you got it. How do you manage to do this? And she gave me a big hug and a kiss. She goes, oh, that's amazing. And she took a picture of it with her phone and she put it on Facebook and she told her parents and um, told her friends and all this kind of thing. Yes, she did. And basically, I had a, I had a very, very small window of opportunity to say, 
wait before you get too excited. It's a big fat lie. You know, it's it's a forgery. I I can. She she acted too quickly. I had nowhere to go with it. And yeah. so, for the entire day, um, I was living a, a lie where she was giving me false praise. Well, not false praise on her part, but um, she was praising me for being the most thoughtful, kind of thinking out the box, wonderful kind of husband they can be. And I'm in me brownie points with the in-laws and, you know, had lots of likes on Facebook, lots of likes on Facebook. And I just had this sinking feeling in my kind of uh, stomach. My stomach went upside down and I was basically lying to her all day. She, and she said, how did you um, get it? And all I could respond to is, oh, just the internet. <laughs> 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 so we, we went out for a drink in the evening and she... Um, you know, we, we were having a, a nice kind of chat, and she said, "So, how did you get the picture?" And I said, oh, "Internet." I still couldn't think of anything better. She goes, "All oh, right, okay," because I only told you about it last Saturday. You didn't know it was our copper anniversary until a week ago. So, how did you turn around so quickly? And there was about three or four seconds worth of eye contact, and then I, I just looked down at my my feet, and she said. She tapped me on my leg, and you know I had to look at it. And she said, "Is it a fake?" <laughs> and I couldn't answer. All I could say was, "Kate, you just didn't give me chance to explain what the present was about." And she goes, "Yeah, right, okay." I was a little bit of an idiot to think it was a genuine thing. I got to go to the toilet. So she left, and she went to the toilet. And I think she had a little bit of a cry. So basically, seventh wedding anniversary was a, a bit of a. I let myself down. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're fine about it now. <laughs> we've been to counselling and we've... <laughs> no, we haven't been to counselling. But we're fine. That's how strong we are as a couple. Yeah. Don't um, her parents still don't know. And that's the way it's going to stay. But I have ruined Endeavour for her forever. She doesn't want to watch season four, which is really disappointing because I was really getting into it. Um <laughs> So I've got some making up to do that. But anyway, cutting a long, very long story short, um, the, you know, the, the whole, I wouldn't say the whole day was tinged with guilt because, you know, it, it, you know, it, it, we got over that kind of um, thing. But um, I do feel like I've got a lot of making up to do. But that's how the... Um, that's why I was kind of faced with, you know, entering the holiday. And it was brilliant. Good. Um, went to see Queen and they played just outstandingly. Yeah, I, I've never seen, I, I've seen them quite a lot of times. And I, you know, I never saw them with Freddie, but you know that I'm a massive fan. And I've been to shows on every tour since they started back up in 2004. And so I'd say in the double digits, the amount of times I've seen them. And this was the best they've ever played right. that I've seen. And actually afterwards, you know, the, it's really interesting. You know, you, you, we went to have a drink with the, the roadies afterwards in the, like the tour bus that they... Oh, amazing. Yeah, and it, the tour bus is phenomenal. You know, they, you've got like 45-inch kind of 50-inch plasma screen, you know, at, you know the flat screen TVs there. Um, you've got like cocktail cabinets and ice fridges and... Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, it, 
it's got to be tough to be on the road for eight weeks or whatever it is. But if you're going to do it, you got, you're going to do it in Stan. They got PlayStation hooked up and everything. It was just amazing. But um, after the show, you know, Pete um, told us to meet us in a certain place um, after the show. It takes him from the last moment, from the last chord of the last song, um, it takes him 35 minutes to pack everything up and kind of... Um, so basically, he puts everything in flight cases. Obviously, takes the valuables with him, yeah, and then everything else um, is just pushed onto the lorry, ready for the next for the next show. So he um, he's got it down to a, a fine art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he packed up the guitar and stuff, and um, he met us afterwards. And like we were having a, he arrived, and then drum tech arrived, bass tech arrived, and you know, lighting, sound, all these different, and you know, they're. I don't think there's anyone who's not a fan of Queen music, but they're not particularly kind of, you know, they wouldn't, if they weren't working from, they wouldn't necessarily go out and buy a ticket to go and yeah. see a Queen show. So afterwards, you know, it was really interesting to see their, their mood and their kind of, um, you know, what, what they, what they do after a show kind of thing. And it's all kind of debriefing with each other, you know, that, um, you know, I think Brian walked with a microphone, from one end of the stage to another, which presented a whole host of problems that needed to be rectified on the fly kind of thing. And um, they were talking about that and um, they were talking about um, that, was, that song went well and the crowd were like this for that sh- song. And, um, you know, just kind of breaking it down yeah, and yeah, analysing yeah. everything. And they said that it's the, probably the loudest crowd they've ever kind of um, played to well, um, on tour. You know, mm. I, th- I think South America is probably the the loudest with regards to the, you know, the massive stadiums they do down there. But when it comes to the arenas and that kind of thing, they don't think that they reckon that, um, you know, that show was probably the outstanding show that they've, they've done with Queen kind of thing. And so I was really lucky to witness it and it was spectacular Yeah, from start to finish. Brian's playing is outstanding. Roger's drumming. I thought Roger was kind of slowing down again, maybe a little bit kind of light handed on, on the string, yeah. but he's really, they're all fit and mm. healthy, you know, and they, they played and sounded amazing. Adam, we had a look at some of his uh, wardrobe beforehand. Yeah, you're right. Right. Yeah. He had uh, his boots. I'd see he's about six foot three anyway, I think. Is he, is he's he's a, big a guy tall, anyway, is he? big guy. He had these platform shoes, which are like Elton John kind of style things, and it would have raised him up another four or five inches or so, I reckon. We look at the steps that, you know, um, you know, up and down beyond the drum riser and stuff and, you know, going down the, the, like the catwalk and all that kind of thing. It's amazing that this guy doesn't fall down. But also yeah. the jackets with all the studs and everything. You pick one up. It's got to be about three, four stone. Unreal. You know, so they really do put everything into this kind of um, yeah. gig. I had to go with the red special. Good. And it's um, it's holding up well. I was going to say, I was holding up. Yeah. Yeah, really good. It. It's only, I've only had a go of it picked up a couple of times and the first time was back 2007 2006 or 2007 mm-hmm. so so it's the first time I've had a go of it since having um, like the Guyton and it's a remarkable how close to the, the Guyton is it yeah absolutely bang on has, but, it had, has it had work done since have you seen it with has it had work done in between you seeing it yeah yeah definitely um, I, I've, I've seen it but I've not actually picked it up ah, know, okay. so I've seen yeah, it yeah. and yeah it seems to be Holding up really, really well, you know the because um, I think the last time we spoke to to Andy Guyton, he was saying about the frets were very. I was going to say that uh, on the you know the, the top kind of five frets, 
the there's barely no material left at all. Wow. But playing A chord or whatever, and it rings out. Mm. So if it's working, oh god, yeah. What's the point in kind of doing anything too no. intrusive to it? You know, it's and they've worn down as he's been playing it. So he's used to how it feels. So you know, yeah. as long as it's not choking out, as long as it's functional, what's the point in exactly? Yeah, in, in doing anything with it. So that's um, that's all. That, well, um, yeah. Anything new in his rig? Anything that they're bringing in, or is it, is it staying the same? Um, I think they um, Nigel like made a new booster, right, for him or something. Because his boosters are slightly different because he uses it with a, a wireless system, so they need to be kind of. I think he's got like a, a little kind of buffer on there to. Right. Make sure, you know, wherever they are, because I think you've got to use different frequencies in different yeah, countries, I think so, maybe, yeah. I'm not sure. But, you know, that's all kind of, you know, rocket science stuff, which, you know, and this booster, for as simple a job as it does, is actually a very intelligent little thing to work with um, the wireless um, gear. Yeah. Um, just trying to think. It's He's actually got a little kind of um, mini backup rig. Okay, which has in it the Digitech uh, multi effects pedal. All oh, right, yeah, from like two thousand five and six or so, which is you know it's, it's amazing how, how good you know that's obviously um, how high he, he kind of holds that in um, regards to. You so know, if everything that, went down, so if everything went down, that's where he's got what that going to. Yeah, I, I don't know if you've seen, but um, I rig. I think it's iRig or it, it's like Amplitude or something. Amplitude, they've yeah, they've just brought out a, a Brian yeah. May rig, and they've been talking about doing that for ages. Right. Um, so they've finally done it. Mm. I've not had a go of it. Yeah. No. But it's, I think it's getting. Yeah. Fake. Now would be the right time. Were they back and forth with, with Brian and Pete with that? Um, how was that work? Do you know how that worked? Yeah, I, I think that um, it probably had a bit of time with with Pete. I think with it, but I think they've you know cause they've done things like sample the Wembley nineteen eighty six sound, which is really uh, on red special sounds the the Wembley 86 sound is really really odd because it's it sounds like it's um a lot more tinny yeah and a lot more um sounds like there's a lot more gain that needs to be used it seems to squeal quite a lot yeah is that do they go off the recordings for that well though? that's the that's the old thing if you listen to other oh, this is real anorak stuff now but if you um look at like other recordings from things like Budapest or you know, some other bootlegs that are yeah. online. Um, you know, it, it, the sound isn't anywhere near as kind of squealy as um, as is on Wembley right. 86. But because it's such a famous gig, a lot of people do chase that sound. Yeah. You know, so um, so I think what they've managed to do is probably um, get isolated back in uh, multi-tracks and sample yeah. and, and create sounds from that kind of thing. Um like I say, I've not looked deeply into it, so I've um, obviously I will at some point. I'll have a look, but yeah, yeah. seems good. But yeah, definitely. So I went to a few music shops out there, mm-hmm. and it's a massive eye opener with regards to you know, believe it or not, folks, the you know the UK is very very cheap to buy a Stratocaster at the moment, right? You know, whatever, um, whatever part of the market you're looking at, whether it's the Squires or whether it's the, um, you know, custom shop. I went to Guitar Centre. Yeah. And they, 
things like the the Squire packs, uh, two nine nine in dollars, which you think okay. By the time you work out the dollar ratio, which is the dollar's rubbish for us at the moment, is one twenty maybe less than that. Um, it works out around about the same. I think we sell them for two six nine. Yeah, it's two nine nine more or less exactly that. But then you've got tax to go on top of the two nine nine, which takes it way over. They had a Gilmore there, and I was yeah. obviously keen to have a look at that because I wanted to see one. You know, we got one in, we had one in stock here just after I went, and um, you know, I'm laid eyes on it, so I went to have a look. And the price on it in guitar centers five three nine nine, right? Well, wow. even when you consider what the um, when you consider what the exchange rate is, it's still cheaper to buy a custom shop Gilmore Strat from us in the UK. Than it is to buy it in the US. So why is that? Because you'd think it'd tax be on top of that as well. You'd think it'd be the other way around, wouldn't you? Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, it's from a retailer's point of view in the UK, it's great because you know, historically people would go to the states on holiday and then bring back a guitar because it used to be yeah. dollars for pounds, and that's that. But that's not even dollars for pounds. You know, we sell it for four, three. Two nine, mm-hmm. is it? So, yeah, and you know that's five three nine nine. So you know, even if it's, yeah, you know, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's absolutely. Um, I don't know whether they're expensive or whether we're cheap at the moment, but either or, you know, it's um, you know, maybe a little bit reassuring for folks to know that you know it's it's an expensive game everywhere. Yeah. So with guitar shops over there, anything, anything that you found really different to how they are to how we are. Um, was it very much the same? It's very similar, you know. Like, um, do you get a friendly welcome? Mm, like, you, you do. You know, the, the, I went to this one place, right? And this, I think, this shop was literally somebody's old collection that they just opened up a shop oh, wow. and he's decided to put things in. And while they've done that, they've decided to kind of do a little bit of trading as well, you know. Like, but, you know, if somebody's got, you know, something decent to try and sell used, you know, they'll buy it in and you know, yeah. do a commission sale. Um, so the the centerpiece of this shop was a $60,000 52 Telecaster. Yeah. Um, which I brought, uh, I think I sent you a picture of it. Um, yeah, yeah. So there were things like that there. Lots of, um, apparently... Uh, Things like uh, Super Deluxes, Vibrolux, and Princeton's, all that kind of, you know, 60s, 70s kind of um, year amps. Mm-hmm. They're really, really sought after out there at the moment. Yeah. Um, but. Any uh, British amps? Um, yeah, you, uh, uh, I saw some Vox, saw some. Expensive? Uh, about on par, really. You know, the thing is, with things like. Vox, you know, it it comes directly from China or, mm. or um, yeah. China. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> don't, don't care. Comes directly from China uh, or K- Korea or wherever you know wherever they kind of made. And so to get them shipped there is probably exactly how much it would be to get them shipped to us. And you know, Korg being a Japanese company, so mm. I think that they're pretty much on par. I didn't see any. I did see some Marshall. I didn't, um, but it seemed to be outdated stuff, right? Um, or maybe models that we don't get over here. I'm not sure, but um, 
Uh, I tell you something that really did um, make me um, think a bit was that not one of the shops, you know, and this is guitar center included, but you know, went to quite a few of them. Fender dealers, Gretsch dealers, uh, Gibson dealers, you know, the, mm-hmm. all the, the big brands, but they don't hold the stocking commitment that they should. You know, in right. as much as if you if we want to be a Mexican dealer, we need to have a good selection of squires and everything up to the Mexican stuff and yeah. a good selection of that. If you want to be American dealers, you need a good selection of all that and of the Mexican stuff before you can get to the American stuff. You know, you've yeah. got to... You know, sometimes we run a little bit under, sometimes we're massively over, whatever, but a job of the rep in this country is to come in and make sure that we've got what we're meant to have on the wall. Yeah. And, you know, there's some shops there, and I noticed it, you know, last year when I, I went to somewhere in um, the Netherlands, they don't hold what they're meant to have to mm. be a dealer, you know? So, you know, I, I do feel that it's something that we're really kind of under pressure. It's good. I think it's good to have the dealership requirements because... Because it stops anyone from... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, we've always got the selection there to offer people. But, um, you know, I they do what they want out there. You know, and it's... Um, yeah. So I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. You know, it's a lot less pressure on them. But, you know, for example, you know, we've had loads of Stratocasters in this last two, three weeks or so, and we've sold loads of Stratocasters. You know, yeah. it, it goes to show if you got it in, it's, it's going to go. Yeah. XT's arrived while I was gone as well. Have yes. Tried, have you tried any? Yeah, so we've got, we had the two sample sets through first, didn't we? Yeah. So there's a set on an acoustic, and... Which acoustic? My acoustic. <laughs> <laughs> but there was reason, apart from being greedy, the Paradigms were on there before. So it's, we've gone, I've gone from the Paradigm set to to these they're a dark uh, dark set you know tonally really mm. okay yeah quite dark um, and we thought we would put the electrics on a gigging guitar so Your gigging guitar my gi- no it's not mine <laughs> um, no so um, so Chris has put the electrics on his Les Paul and we've mm-hmm. been using that live do you like him um, and I think he's going to be changing over from NYXLs, NYXLs to them ah. yeah Probably not what they wanted. They probably wanted them to change on maybe paradigms or elixirs. Or well, I think I think there's paradigms on his PRS, which he'll be changing over. I think as well. Really, I think so. So, um, do they feel like a an NYXL? Um, they feel they tension wise and all that kind of thing. Yeah, they 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 feel really good on the Les Paul. They feel really really good. The it doesn't feel like a coat in so much. Mm. It feels like the the wines are finer. Okay, that's what it feels like. Yeah, it doesn't. You know, they don't feel slippery or slick. It just feels like the wines are, yeah, tighter together or finer. Which I know they're not. They are. It is. It is a coated string, but um, no, they feel great. And you know, Chris is actively trying them. Yeah. Well, you're gigging loads at the moment, and yeah, uh, standing up to yeah. the rigors of touring life. Yeah. <laughs> Guess he's packed down to 35 minutes. No, he doesn't. He's way slower than that. <laughs> but we've had all them strings yeah. delivered. You won't find them on the website, but they are in. Yeah, we, we're going to get the... So talking of websites, it's getting crunch time now. we got the new site going up very, very soon. Yes. Tensions are running high in the A-strings house. <laughs> uh, we're all having to... Um, 
kind of pull our finger out now just to get um, you know the, the the skeleton and the um, yeah the skeleton of the, the site is kind of there. It was just for us to kind of add the flesh, mm. flesh it out, brain. <laughs> but um, yeah, so but as we mentioned before, you know, a big kind of, it's going to be focused on the blog from from our. Yeah. Our point of views and what we'll be doing, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Tristan has been working uh, very, very hard on it. And we, um, yeah, <laughs> now it's time for the rest of us to follow fingers. <laughs> so um, there's a few things that we've had in recently that hasn't made it to the, the new website because it's been all hands on deck with regards to the new one. So um, yeah. we'll have the launch of the new one very, very soon. Yeah, and we're having a chat. Maybe about thinking about maybe um, doing a, a live, or not a live video, but like a, a kind of filming the podcasts because that seems to be a thing. I don't understand why yeah. it is a thing. I know, but yeah, people sat in the room. Mm. But no, it's uh, yeah, it seems to be very popular now that yeah, your know, video yeah, people video like podcast. Yeah, I don't think they can like to watch us talk. <laughs> Some of the gestures we uh, throw, throw at each other. Yeah. yeah, you'd have to put your trousers on. I'll have to put my trousers back on. Maybe we won't film it. <laughs> we'll try it. Yeah. yeah. Are you up for going on camera, Tom? No. <laughs> Tom is the uh, the voice behind the camera. Please, can we have biscuit news? Yeah, you'll be surprised. Is there a special jingle for surprise biscuit news? Biscuit news? <laughs> Just an inflection at the end. Yeah. It's like that um, thing on Alan Partridge. Isn't it? Um, he had a segment of his radio show saying, you know, who do you think you are? You know, in a family history kind of thing. And he got a voiceover actor <laughs> coming to do it. And she goes, who do you think you are? <laughs> <laughs> biscuit So this week's Biscuit News is a little bit different. Okay. Because we're reviewing a biscuit tea. <gasps> ah, the stuff that Steve gave us. Yes. Amazing. So it is I think the... he listens now and again. So how are you doing, Steve? I missed him last time he came down. I think I was um, skiving somewhere. I can't remember. Somewhere. But... So this is the York... So we got it wrong, didn't we? We thought that they were tea-flavoured tea flavored biscuits. biscuits. Yeah. Uh-uh. Biscuit-flavoured biscuit flavored tea. tea. So, so it's Yorkshire tea. And I it's have my tea black biscuit brew. That's easy then. So we've ac- Tom's done a proper teapot. He's got a proper teapot and everything. So we've been brewing it. I like my tea like my Gilmore guitars. Oh, Tom! <laughs> <laughs> how can you? How? You may as well just miss the entire cup. <laughs> He's going to pour this now. He's going to keep pouring because there's less in it. The lid's going to fall off. Yeah. I was going to go all Maybe you want a system then. All right. No, I wanted to, dis- I wanted to, dis- I wanted to see it unfold. Right, so... Are you, so I've got the... Tito over there. Right, so... Well, I think Tom should... I'm going for the... The smell. I'm going for the smell first. Smell first. Oh, right, so... I've I've already tried it without the milk. So I have it without milk anyway, but I'm off milk at the moment because I'm just off milk. But Tom and Adam 
are on oat milk, and I think that you we'll um, have we'll have we'll have milk of any of any ilk apart from the teat. <laughs> That's right, isn't it? Yeah, nuts, rice, oat, coconut, coconut. It does smell quite. It smells like you dropped a biscuit in it, it does. doesn't it? Mm. I bet this took Yorkshire tea ages. It's quite subtle. Yeah, it, but it's the same with any flavored tea in it. It's, it's all smell. Do you know, what? it's the aftertaste. There's definitely the aftertaste of like a digestive. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's like you got a biscuit in your bottom of your tea. Yeah, yeah. It is. Works, doesn't I, it? Not. It's like a custard cream has fallen in your tea. There's yeah, yeah. There's it is vanilla. That. Yeah, it's vanilla. But without the soggy surprise at the bottom. Oh god, yeah. It's awful. <laughs> right. So I got something to go with this. No way. Ooh. It's, it's a little present. Because when we go away, Chris, we get each other things. Close your eyes. Give okay. me your hand. I'm going to put it on the table. Okay. Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a guess as to what it is. Okay. Right. It's huge. <laughs> oh, no. Was it like a Donald Trump cookie or something? Very, very close. Open your eyes. Ah. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, right. Wow. Um, Where was that? It was in the airport lounge. It was actually a, in Atlanta. They had an entire um, kind of plinth with different size Donald Trump branded uh, chocolate bars. Right. Okay. From small ones to huge <laughs> and everything in between. So. So what you've got us is, it's a crispy milk chocolate bar, same size kind of as a Cadbury's like dairy milk bar. Yeah. And on the front, it's 45th President Donald Trump. Uh, and it's got the American flag and he stood in front of the American flag. There are loads of them. I don't know if that means they're not selling or... Oh God, yeah. Um, let's take a picture of it. We'll put it up on the... Uh, um... I was so hoping for like a produced in China. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know who produces it. You know, like... It, it, you can imagine, you know, the likes of, like, Cadbury's or whoever not wanting to... <laughs> I didn't sneeze all over the chocolate. I'll pass on the chocolate, thanks. No, sorry. There you go. That's no, it's, it's still... I've never heard of them. Ah, I've had it in the fridge. So oh, that's I good, though. That's, um... that's good. You can have some, Tom? I'll try a piece. Ooh! Okay. I'm going to um, save some for Dad and for uh, Tristan. And I think Elwin's coming in later on, so you might get a bit. And anyone else who wants to come in today or the next couple of days? Tastes quite... Tastes more like plain than milk. Their, their milk chocolate's not like I was always there. Bit artificial. Much like the... No. Get political. Oh, so we stayed in New York for a couple of days on the way back. And I found out where Facebook's New York... Uh, offices were. I found out where Mark Zuckerberg lived. <laughs> so I I went there and it's as impossible to get to talk to anybody there as it is to, you know, via computer or whatever. But um, I spoke to some people there and they, they basically give me an iPad and they said that put everything down, instant numbers and everything onto this iPad. Send the inquiry through. Right, okay. And when Facebook receives it, 
they'll see that it came from within Facebook. And hopefully it might be taken a bit more. They didn't say it'd be taken more seriously, but they kind of insinuated that, that you know, it's definitely going to get acknowledged and responded to because it came from within Facebook. And maybe because because they've seen that I've made the effort of going there and and reporting this, as opposed to just doing it from the computer, might get some luck. Mm. So that was last Tuesday, and I've not had anything back yet. I've had an acknowledgement. Oh, that's good. You know, to say that, you know, <coughs> yeah. immediately to say that it's been acknowledged oh, okay. and that I'll definitely get a response, but I haven't had anything back. Now, eight days have passed, and I don't know whether that's a positive thing or negative. I don't know if it's positive because maybe it's been looked into and they're trying to sort it out. Maybe it's negative and, you know, it's just, you know, we can have as much luck as we've ever had. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they seem to... Uh, I told them what the situation was and how I'd kept on trying and, you know, what we'd been up to, um, trying to resolve this and all the rest of it. And they seem to think that, you know, it's something that can be resolved to the point whereby, you know, the, the guy I spoke to said, you know, every, nothing's ever deleted. Everything can be restored, you know, even like the older page. Wow. You know, but it's just getting through the right people. I'm not holding my breath. No. If I did, I'd be eight days dead now. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah, just, you know, not giving up. Should we talk about the Gilmore? Yeah. So it arrived about two weeks ago, you'd say now, yeah? It arrived on the Tuesday, yeah. So, yeah, we've had it two weeks, yeah. What did you think when you opened it up? Um, You're not a massive Gilmore fan, you? No, 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 no. So, you have to look at this objectively. You're not looking at it. It's not like me getting a red special to think, you know, and looking at it with every kind of geeky aspect and and with awe. You're looking at it, same as me, really. You know, I I really, really love his style of playing, his tone. But I can look at the guitar and see it as a guitar as opposed to you know, putting it up on a pedestal kind of thing, you know? Hmm. So what are your thoughts? It's set, it's set up straight away. Was it set up well? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, there's nothing Yeah, there's nothing we've had to do at all. At all. And that's, that's you know, I mean, you know, from Fender generally, you know, you everything is set up well but this is just yeah just other level kind of mm. yeah other level it's um I really like this this style of pick card that they they do on it mm. I think that's really really nice it's like a it's beveled the right word like a, yeah. a nicely rounded kind of thing it's not like your your standard ply where it's kind of just cut. like shaved yeah mm. yeah that's really really nice but it's it's really it's it's, it's you sound very unimpressed. No, no, no. I'm try- I'm trying to think of the like you look at it, don't you? And you think there's nothing. If it had been relict, I think you can kind of understand. Okay, there's been people that have been sat there and aged it and done the work on you know all that kind of stuff. And I know it's a small team of people that have put it together, but it's very. I I just think it's very difficult to. Um, I see a black strap. That's the. Right. That's the thing, I think. How about you, Tom? <clears throat> if you could put that face into words. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be lovely, thanks. So, 
um, you went you went in when it arrived, no. uh-huh. but you were. So were you the one who unboxed it and yeah, right? Yes, I mean it's, it feels special. With the case, the case is lovely, mm. and um, you get like the cable, the DVD, the smell, the smell of the case. Is it like smell? Yeah, formaldehyde. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you can see, you can see the quality, you can feel the quality. My so I picked it up yesterday for the first time. Yeah, and I've just, as I mentioned a little bit earlier. When we were doing the sound check for, for the podcast, I played literally like three notes because that's as much as my fingers can do. But I I thought it felt special to me. Okay, I really did kind of feel like that kind of aura of the balance and the weight of it just felt beautiful. The neck feels different, so I don't like gloss back necks, and I even find things like the American Originals, which is kind of top-end Fender that we've done up to this point, which yeah. have the kind of gloss back necks, a difficult thing to um, difficult thing to get used to. Mm-hmm. But I don't know whether it's the type of lacquer or it's been finished, or whether it's just that with the shape of the neck. I just found it a real kind of inspiring guitar to have on my lap. Oh, that's cool. Sound wise, I think that it sounds. Oh, sound wise, it's great. Yeah. Um, that little you got the little switch. What does that do? That engages the. Puts the bridge and neck and the humbucker in, doesn't it? I think. Right. Okay. Yeah. So when when I had that on the bridge setting, and I think with the button up, I'm think that's just your your lead sound. You know, is is kind of distorted lead sound. Yeah. it, It was beautiful we've we've got it plugged into a bass breaker 30 mm-hmm. which um it's going to give us a good kind of saturated and, and clean sound yeah it's obviously not gilmore setup but i think that um do you want to give it a little mm-hmm. yeah a little will. so i'll pick up set and you're going to start off on uh are you recording yeah bridge pickup all of that was recorded bridge pickup mini mini toggle down As far as bridge pickups go, that's quite warm. Yeah. You know, it's it, you've got the kind of glassy kind of sound that you want, but it's not shrill like a lot of... No. Uh, um, I'll put the toggle switch up. Okay. Same thing. So this is down. And this is toggle switch up. Oh, that's nice. So that's that, isn't it? That is that bridge pickup kind of... Yeah, but... It's gone darker. You know, in actual fact... Well, that's the humbucking thing, isn't it? You've got, you've added the neck into it, but you got a lot more mid kind of frequency Definitely there as well. More of a mid honk there, isn't it? yeah. So that's bridge, which is going to give you that comfortably numb soul at the end kind of yeah. thing, I, I reckon. So um, position two uh, with, with the toggle toggle down now. Down. Switch up. 
again, it's a quite a drastic difference to that, isn't it? Yeah. So you've got it. It doesn't sound like position four on the no. on the Stratocaster. <laughs> so I guess what we're looking at is when the toggle is down, we got standard, you know, traditional Stratocaster. Yeah. Settings. And then when our switch is up, that's when we've got all of our... Yeah. Kind of almost out of phasey kind of sense. Yeah. So this is a middle position. So this shouldn't do anything, should it? This one? I don't know. It might add, might add okay. something in. I reckon, to me, um, when you got the toggle up on all these positions so far, when you got the toggle up, it's much more of a useful tone to have with a real saturated amp for, for soloing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because sometimes a Stratocaster can sound a little bit too, to my ears anyway, a little bit too brittle. Yeah, yeah, too kind of squelchy kind of thing. You know, when you get that, when you start, oh, when you're adding in gain, yeah, yeah, definitely. And Definitely it can does. get too messy. So it's basically that switch yeah. is excellent for for your solos, I think. So this is uh, uh, middle and neck together. With, where's the button? Uh, we're down again. So okay. it'd be normal person yeah. then. Play some single notes, if you don't mind. Okay. Yep. Flick it down again. Yeah. It's a slight difference, but that's that's the most subtle one of the lot Definitely, so far. Yeah. So this is neck now, down, toggle switch down. Ah. Ah, switching the switch now. I think um, the the last two examples are the most subtle of the lot, which makes me think. That I think that um, button is to add neck pickup into things. Mm. So obviously, if you have got neck pickup selected and you're adding it in, it's not really going to do a great deal, is it? No. To try some uh, more gainy. How do you find? Uh, Play, play, play built yours, yeah. Nice, yeah. Yeah, it is nice. Neck is nice and it's really small. It is a quite a thin neck, isn't it? Yeah. Obviously, you're battling against ten and a halfs as opposed to 
be your usual nines, is it? Uh, nine, on, nine to 46 on strike, yeah. Mm. You can hear what I'm saying with that kind of way it kind of squelches in yeah, to yeah. each other. So that's the, that's the switch. That was the switch down. Obviously, I'll do the bridge again, switch up. So this is switch down first. Switch up. That's I love that. Yeah. That is beautiful. Gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, go through the same position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. go through the positions. Yeah. So that's obviously switched down. Switch up. Yeah, that's takes... really interesting because. Go on, sorry. What was he? Gonna no, I was going to say it takes away that. It does take away that kind of. Sponginess, yeah, yeah which yeah. kind of rolls into the next. You know, it's it's like you don't get a, a clean end to the note that you're doing. Do you know what I mean? No, like it's yeah. it's not defined, and so, but that's um, that example there it still sounded. You know, the tone was still there. It was absolutely there, but it just kind of cleaned everything. So you can up. tell it's kind of an in betweeny position, yeah. but so um... middle now. Yeah, cleans it up. Yeah, mm -hmm. cleans it up. Now I got the headphones off as well. Yeah, you can hear a bit more. So, um, middle position. This is the middle position with the toggle off or down. Completely just, different. It just takes away the wooliness, doesn't it? Yeah. Like it, which, you know, the example one, you know, when you when the toggle switches down, that is what a Stratocaster is, and that's what people generally buy Stratocasters for. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, what yeah. we're looking for in this guitar is what makes it different to... Yeah. You know, what makes it a signature model. And it's, you know, a lot of people don't like additional buttons, push-pull parts, and this. Yeah. And the other. Oh, but that's I, so subtle, though, It is it? really, really subtle. I think anything like that that can get you anything that can help you achieve yeah. so much more from an instrument like that why wouldn't you have it on a guitar yeah. yeah 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 so like middle yeah so middle position like as a standard middle position yeah it's quite it is Everything's it, clear. All the notes are clear in the chords and everything. Signature guitars are, a, you know, they're polarizing thing, aren't they? Yeah, People yeah. either stay the hell away from them or they embrace them. And I obviously like signature guitars. And, you know, I've always wanted a Clapton Strat. I'm now starting to want <laughs> one of these, you know, with how good it sounds. But um, 
you know, I think that if you were to, I think this is an absolutely fantastic gigging guitar with the the range of sounds you with can get the versatility. Yeah, yeah. I guess depending how you view guitars and you know how you value them and uh, what you can justify, I guess you could say you know I can buy three or four very nice guitars of different types for one of these. Yeah, but if you can justify something like this, if you can see it for what it is, which is a hand-built Stratocaster. And, you know, don't forget, one of the reasons why Gilmore would have been quite happy to have sold his black Strat is because he knows he can just pick up one of these from Fender at any point, go on stage, it's going to look and sound identical. And he's probably been using things like this anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm mega impressed with this. Oh, good. You're not? No, playing it, playing it wise, it feels really good. And I think with, I'm, to be honest, I'm not you're, struggling with it. I'm not yeah. struggling with the ten and a halves. Really? No. You're not a signature guitar guy, are you, by any no. means. You know, in actual fact, we've had this conversation yeah. privately before, whereby you've said, you know, as much as you love, yeah, you know, I think Metallica and Muse, and they were your kind of bands, yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of when you were younger. Yeah. You wouldn't have dreamt of getting an LTD or no. uh, a Manson or, or whatever, you know, as much as you might love the sound and everything, that's just not the pathway you go down. So so you're yeah. kind of, it's felt to me like you've been kind of holding back with your enthusiasm for the guitar. Mm. You know, maybe you just, maybe just not that enthusiastic about the guitar, but is it, have you got like a mental kind of no no I think warning sign that flashing that you know you've got a signature guitar in your hand and he, Adam does have a signature guitar does he well what technically Bowie of course yeah I think that's more, more of a legacy kind of yeah that's memorabilia yeah that's kind of yeah paraphernalia paraphernalia <laughs> how do you find the tremolo arm it's, uh, it's, it's smaller. But, the Trump tremolo. It's the tr- tr- Trump tremolo. Trump trem. Um, how do you find that? Great. It's a good size. That's nice. It's not light, is it? You know, it's quite heavy with regards to. You got to push into it. To... Yeah. Um, I I think where it sits, you know, with your with your hand ends up like exactly yeah. over the middle pickup, which is where you'd want to be. You know, if you had humbuckers, that's where your hand would. I think. Um, I think Hank Marvin has a similar kind of. Does he have a short, short, slightly shorter one? I, I seem to think so. Stands to reason that the shorter it is, the more pressure you've got to exert to to actually get something to get yeah. to get a, an effect from it. Yeah, because there's a little, there's a little got bit. Of... You got more leverage when you've got the longer arm. Grow up, Tom. <laughs>
So, uh, um, Sounds, it does sound amazing. It, it feels it feels amazing. Not strap locks or anything, no. No, nope. so it's it's completely. Yeah. Yeah, as if you'd picked up, you know. And the the case is it a tweed case or is it just a? What color is that? Black case. Black case. It's the custom shop though. So when you okay. open it, it's green and it's got. Oh, nice. It's all like the G and G case. Is it, is it G and G? Yeah, but it's got a massive embroidered custom shop logo, nice. and it says the David Gilmore. Lovely. Um, yeah, it's a really nice case. And then, you, yeah, all the goodies are with it as well. Yeah, and I think that for a limited time only, there's a free Asians T-shirt with every. <laughs> David what, Gilmore. Because, every every Gilmore custom shop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll have to check our T-shirt yeah. supplies. <laughs> This week only. Black t-shirt, the black logo. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's, it's a guitar to get excited about that, for me. Mm. Really, really like it. Plays amazing. Yeah. It's... And that's a nitro nitro maple neck as well, which okay. can be, yeah, like you said, can be yeah. troublesome. Clammy. You know? Mm. But yeah. It's got yeah. an orange neck, like Donald Trump. There's so much... <laughs> Honestly, there's so much Trump in today's episode because there's more to come. Is there? Brilliant. So let's wrap it up. What do you think? I really like it. I think it's. I think it's. It's very very nice to play. Obviously, this is this is with like we said, ten and a half to forty eight. So it's a lot tougher than you'd expect, but yeah. still really playable. I think hearing it. And hearing the things that makes it make it different to other strats has has really grown on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good. We should have just had some like delay and phaser and chorus and. Well, yes, but but that's time, when we're going more. Yeah, you know, I think that we had some sounds there that, you know, it's the thing. It tones in the hands. You know, mm. if Gilmore picked that up, it would sound like Gilmore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If Clapton picked up, it would sound like Clapton. But. Um, but some of the pickup settings you had there is screaming to be a, you know, if you love your your Gilmore sounds, you look, you want to have your Pink Floyd kind of authenticity, you know, when it comes to, you know, uh, playing along with them at home or in a band or whatever, you've absolutely got it within that. But it's capable of doing so much more as well. You know, it's it it is a, a an amazing Stratocaster yeah. as well. For for me, and it's, it goes it's regardless of what guitar it is, but. It, the more, the more we've been here, and the more you try guitar, you know, you play guitars every yeah. day, don't you? For me, that the key thing, and it, it, you know, it's as much, it's it's a lot of the amp as well. But if a guitar can, if you can play a chord, if you can do, and it makes you go, oh yeah, yeah, and that's what that does. That's that kind of, yeah. You know, it's it's not just the react, you know, it's. It's a reaction happening between the guitar and the amp, which is in turn giving you that buzz, which is then going to be transferred back into the. Mm. It's a, an emotional feedback. But it's loop. so loud as well. <laughs> yeah. Big thumbs up from me and me. Yeah, definitely. I, um, I, I, yeah, I did come in. I did come into it reserved. Mm. Well, I could tell that from the from the outset. You know, like you've not. Um, you know, it seems like. Um, but I think going back on the on the on the custom shop conversation for me, mm -hmm. um, like we've got a couple of pieces that we've got sort of in our list. Yeah. That we were talking about it uh, last week, but you know they're going to come in, and I'm seriously going to have to. Yeah. Stop myself. I, 
saw a uh, a relic, a heavy relic, um, fifty-two telly. Amazing, did I? Absolutely amazing. So I think the one that we've gone for, which is the middle ground one, I think it, I think it's going to be ama- It's going to be wicked. It is. Speaking of relic stuff, hmm? our very own Tom is. Uh, He's not that old. Come on. <laughs> so it's, it's, not the, it's not the chair creaking. It's showing, Tom. Um, yeah. Uh, Tom is uh, Tom start, has experimented with some some relicking. Uh, and it's looking mm. really, really good. Starts off as an accent, but you have to yeah. go with it then. <laughs> How are you going about the relicking process? Are you doing any research or are you I just am, kind of. I'm doing research. Okay. Um, and the main thing is just where the wear is going to be. Yeah. But then, again, then you know, some of the heavy relic stuff, it's just, it's just you know, it's complete battered. Yeah. And it's, you know, when you look at guitars that have been on the road you'll find where in the most unlikely places as well because yeah not everything is you know there's no set format to a guitar's life you know we're gonna you're gonna have the obvious kind of where your arm rests your buckle rash um you know down by the jack socket you know missing the jack socket a few times and yeah you know top of the head sock from where you bumped it and all that kind of thing but um you know Keith Richards and Eric Clapton got cigarette marks at the top of theirs because they're yeah. smokers and it's also yellowed. And then you've got, you know, just the odd, you know, where's fallen, you know, where something's falling on it. You know, it's, um, yeah. You know, and th- are you going to do the neck as well? Or are you, yeah. And is it rose or maple? It's, it's rose. It's a rose. rose neck. Yeah. What we got, Tom? Uh, this week's top five is, Songs the CIA have used to torture people. What made you think of this? <laughs> I don't know. Tom likes his, uh, his weird internet documentaries. <coughs> so I imagine this kind of come about by some kind of... Uh, yeah. Okay, so it's not really a top five. I was going to say... My favourite ones. <laughs> <laughs> my favourite torture. The ones I found to be most uh, effective. Do you know yeah. what? Um, reading about this is actually horrendous. Yeah. The, the whole thing. But um, yeah. it might be interesting. But Tom's taking a light, a light-hearted I think, look at the uh, um, playing music like twenty-four hours, keeping people awake. It doesn't matter what the song is; it's going to sound horrendous. Yeah, yeah. Years ago, I've read um, there was an incident in Guantanamo, I think, where Guantanamo rather, where uh, there was a song that I'm. Uh, I'd be interested to see if it's on the list or not. It's number one. Is it? We'll see. Okay. Um, so, yeah, they tend, it seems they pick either songs that are really um, annoying mm-hmm. or um, it's some kind of cultural um, significance so that, that they might find offensive or they're kind of... Um, well, like they're opposed to the, the message of the song type thing. Yeah, that, um, but, or there's... Um, or like a pro-American sort of propaganda kind oh, okay. of okay. sort of thing. Basically, I'd crack it by the first chorus of Crazy Nights by Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> no waterboarding needed. Just uh, You would have hated the gig we did in Trescythe then. Really? Yeah. So we we did, sorry Tom, very quick. We did um, we did our first set and then we took a break and they had like music in the background, I say music in the background, through the sort of Tannoy system. And um, for some reason whoever it was put on a playlist but had crazy nights on kiss but it was on repeat 
So by the time we went back on stage, people had heard Crazy Nights about 10 times. <laughs> you don't do it, do you? No. No. Uh, Kiss, is they're just one of those bands I just don't understand how, why. why. But I know that there's a very, very vocal oh, and God, yeah. strong opposition to my uh, to my tastes. Yeah. I I had an incident when I was younger. I'll, I'll talk about it another <laughs> time. I lost a friend, but we're friends again now. Anyway, let's carry on. Let's go. So, <laughs> okay, number five, probably the most famous um, song yeah. used for torture is uh, the uh, Barney the Dinosaur theme tune. <laughs> no way. So what's that? I love you, you love me. That's the one, love. yeah. yeah. They use that in tor- like torture? Yeah. Wow. I mean, you can see why. Yeah. Yeah. I love you, you love me. We're as happy as can be. How does it go then? With a great big hug and a kiss from you to me. Something like that, isn't it? Okay, you can sing all of them now. Yeah. <laughs> Between us. So, so the next one. Nice song. Yeah. yeah, can you imagine being woken up in the middle of the night? I mean, they really they played it really loud you know, as Kate well. If woke me up with that in the middle of the night, I'd be and delighted. It, it kept you <laughs> It'd be awake. a wonderful show. For, right, okay. Yeah, maybe not. Okay, number four for you to sing is a dirty Christina Aguilera. Dirty? I don't know how that goes. One again. Right, so this is obviously that thing of a kind of sexually kind of yeah, so cultural kind of that's it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it's where it's kind of a good song. Yeah, sexually kind of charged. Yeah, it would. Yeah, people of certain sort of I guess religions and cultures wouldn't. So far, love, horny. What's the next one? Babylon, David Gray. That's bizarre. What I so that's I like kind of, <laughs> It's a kind of um, a religious thing again. Maybe, oh, right? okay, no. okay. Do you like David Gray? I like. I listen to some David Gray. White Ladder, good album. He, he, yeah, uh, I hear yeah, a lot of his songs. Kind of, he sings them, but I always imagine them like spoken by somebody like Noel Coward. Yeah, right. <laughs> if you wanted come and get it for crying out loud <laughs> <laughs> number two uh, BG Saturday Night Fever really oh, okay I mean just that imagine that yeah it's come on you got the beard you started off well you both got the beards I'm like the boulder in the middle <laughs> <laughs> and you can tell the way I use that one no time now. But that's where it goes, doesn't it? They stop using words and they just start going. So, podcast listener, you've just been put through the same torture regimes. <laughs> What's number one? Number one. We are the champions. No Queen. way. I thought it was Enter Sandman, Metallica. All right. I've heard, I've heard stories that the US Army have used. They've blasted Metallica over, yeah. um, um, over always... sort of areas of, of conflict because um, metal isn't a... Yeah, thing, so, so they thought that they would, you know, they'd disorientate the. Yeah, yeah, they'd be like, what the hell is that? Obviously, there's loads that I haven't put on. Yeah, right. We are the champions. Yeah. I what just... a... 
there is issues that because you hear something different every time you listen to that. You know, there's a different harmony, there's a different text. Yeah, but, but you know, great, you know, I wouldn't mind being waterboarded while listening to We're the Champions. So that's I that. Think. That's that antagonistic think, we are the best thing and yeah okay but, but they're playing they're playing this they're keeping them awake i mean it's yeah, more yeah. about the um sleep deprivation D- yeah and do you know uh, the really yeah, loud no, they'd you know the the fear for me is that they'd ruin queen for me so we've had a Obviously, we've had a flurry of social media comments because we did a little bit of a hiatus. Not controversial video. No, no, oh, right. Just, oh, the con- yeah, yeah, yeah. So we did a, um, a I think, comparison, vintage yeah. versus Gibson. Because and, uh, yeah. we had something come through and I had to post a reply to one of them because I can see I can see how it might have come across. So, you know, we did our vintage versus Gibson. It wasn't vintage versus Gibson, really. It, it was... No, you know, different ends of the spectrum, and to give people a, a tonal test, as yeah. I mentioned in the reply that I made to this particular gentleman, I think that is it. This the one that you. So yeah, we've got that one here. Yeah. Okay. Go on. Yeah. Read it. So, so yeah. So as Andrew said, it was the vintage lemon drop, uh, which is based on the Peter Green Les Paul, loosely. Uh, against we brought in a Gibson custom shop that has the phase reversal, just to give you an idea of. This is a guitar ten times the price of this one. How far away are they really? That was the kind of idea. Um, we did a you know blind test and we you know kept it a secret till the end. Um, so this comment was from Zepp Heads. So if we're going Zeppelin, Jimmy Page probably more than likely yeah. is a Gibson uh, fanboy, which we all are. Uh, so their comment was: "You guys are probably not a Gibson dealer, and I doubt you ever will be. It's truly tacky." bad form and very ghetto to do a comparison of a Gibson alongside a counterfeit. And the counterfeit sounds like muddy dung, which I think is a brilliant uh, thing to say. So we found, we don't really usually get involved, do we? We kind of let no, people argue it to, out. Uh, I think it stokes the fire sometimes to yeah, it does. respond to these things. But uh, because it was quite a direct, um, you know, it's, it's, they've been quite specific in their criticism of the, the video yeah you know it's not just crap video or you know like reptile filth yeah <laughs> it, it's you know uh, they they've they're questioning our kind of um they're, they're questioning our reasons and um standards i guess with regards to yeah. you know our video content and so we all we collectively thought we should post a reply yeah uh, so this is what we said. Thanks for the comment. For the record, here in the shop, we're all multiple Gibson guitar owners. We love them and wouldn't consider letting go of them. As you well know, it's not just one aspect that turns us onto a guitar. How it feels and how it reacts is as important as how it sounds. In this video, we've gone for a simple A-B tone test. Not everyone is lucky or privileged enough to be able to afford a genuine Gibson. And so this video is just an example of what you can get if funds are tight. In this specific video, we have our favourite, and there isn't a right or wrong answer, all we wanted to do was present the options that are available out there to people needing to keep to a budget. I hope you look at the video in a different light and understand we are in no way criticizing the Gibson. Which is ever so slightly different to the reply that he got from Seymour Glass, which was, <laughs> Vintage isn't a counterfeit. Obviously, you own a, 
in quotation, real Gibson. And when you realise you'd spent two and a half thousand pounds too much, your tampon fell out. Oh. <laughs> I think we were a bit more tactful. <laughs> the art of diplomacy is still... Uh, but this is the YouTube comment section, isn't it? It's, yeah, uh, and, you know, it's, it's, it's the beauty of YouTube, but it's also where... It, you know, I think that, you know, the way that he saw the um, the video, I think he's had every right to, to put oh, a course, like that. Of because, course, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, you know, he's seen it and he's seen red. We do feel protective over things that we feel, you know, strongly towards, you yeah. know. So um, Gibson and Fender are the two kind of... Um, two brands out there that, you know, you do get absolute dedicated followers of, you know, and they might, you know, we both own Fenders and Gibsons. Yeah. But, um, you know, the amount of forums out there, you know, the biggest guitar forums out there are going to be the Les Paul forums and the, and the Fender forums of course. or Stratocast forums, whatever. So, um, you know, so these people are, are passionate about their, about their subject. So, you know, they've seen that and, um, yeah, let's hope that he, um, he saw the reply. Yeah. Yeah. So we got one more. Okay. To wrap up the show. Right. Keeping with the theme. This was a comment on the Fender American Strats What's the Difference video, <laughs> which again is a very watched, very commented yeah. on video. Uh, this is by a, a YouTube viewer called Donald Trump. Right. Could very well be the him because be he does like to get involved in social media. Yes. So uh, this was. Do it in the voice, please. <laughs> oh god I haven't, haven't you didn't talk for a long time they're all an attempt to sound like a vintage guitar from the era <laughs> of course the only true sounding strat is that no I can't do it I can't keep it up <laughs> it's very good <laughs> uh, they're all an attempt to sound like a vintage guitar from the era of course the only true sounding strat from then is the one that was actually built then just way too many variations since then and besides, this guy is a salesman and knows what most people will walk in and buy because of the price tag. So naturally, he will say he likes the lowest price one, which he admittingly says he doesn't even own or play. Hell, just get a little blistered and they will all sound good after a while. The magic is really in the hands more than anything else. It would be like saying Hendrix can't sound like Hendrix without a Strat. I bet he could. Um, he, there's so, a lot of things going on there, which uh, it's not a very coherent kind of uh, no, but criticism. Um, Donald Trump, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think in that video I did prefer the. I think I preferred the performer anyway. But you know, but uh, my strat is that why level. you know from a sales perspective, would you much rather sell a sixteen hundred pound guitar? I love to the a, most expensive one <laughs> that you can buy from us. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. You know, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. You know, like it's um, if you said you preferred the professional, you'd say yeah. He's never going to say he prefers the cheapest one, which was the best sounding one. The lot, yeah. you know. Yeah. Anyway, he's going to be he, he's up for election next year. He'll be commenting on all the videos then. Yeah. And his chocolate's horrible. And his chocolate's horrible. Social media comment of the week. Which wraps up a Trumptastic podcast episode. Thank you very much for listening. I've been Adam. I've been Tom. I've been Andrew. And we'll see you very soon for episode 25, hopefully, videoed too. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter, um, like us on all the um, different things, and um, speak to you soon. Bye now. Bye. <laughs>